Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part three of a multi part Rack FM number 16. Let's take a listen. Guys, have you, I don't know if you've met Joe, uh, but Joe's actually been out here teaching in Asia, so like Joe's a really good voice. Hello, Joe's son. I love Cosmos Joe. Hey there, Robo. I left you a little present in the, um, I'm going to leave you a present in the nest just for your own amusement after this uh, spaces is over. But uh, yeah, I taught in South Korea and Vietnam and I feel like um, South Korea in particular, they had like an obsession with uh, accents and uh, appearances and um, they wanted like the prototypical Hollywood experience for their, for their kids when they were in the English classes. And I thought it was really almost like more jaded than people in the United States are jaded by Hollywood. They wanted like, um, I don't think, well, they, a lot of them learned English by watching movies back then. So that's probably part of it. But, you know, they, it, it was just a very strange thing where uh, they thought English had to be a specific way. And they didn't understand my accent either. China, China is and was and always has been the biggest joke about this. Seriously. If anyone wants to go back and look at the uh, early 2000s, so like uh, 2002 to probably like about 2007, until like Fitch came along and stuff, you want to go and look at the Chinese textbooks. And and, and I'm using China in this, as an example. I've got worse examples of like worse things like with like Thailand, right? And other places. You want to go back and look at these Chinese textbooks and see this like, like all of the pictures were these like like uh like old like English bankers in like overcoats and does anybody know what I'm talking about? The the stereotypical like fat like English banker with a baller hat. George, oh, you know what I'm on about? Not like yeah, oh so, dude some yeah. of the some of the textbooks look like they were made like in the early nineteen hundreds with like the, the most stereotypical pictures you could possibly like every 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 white person in the textbook was like tall with blonde hair and blue eyes. And anyone that they wanted to show is like, uh, I don't want to say like a villain, but, um, you know, like someone who they would contrast with the prototypical white male was like a short, fat, dark, dark haired person. It was it was it was very. And, you know, I I was only I I spent a little bit of time in Vietnam. I was teaching in a private school, so it was different. But in the public schools in South Korea. they wanted they were discriminating against people from scotland and south africa at one point they did not hire them because of their accents they didn't want anybody from india even in the country never mind teaching english and um i remember i remember i saw a job posting 
I saw a job posting in South Korea. This was for a private school, but it's under the same umbrella as the uh, the public schools with respect to the the English speaking initiative. And the job posting, I swear to God, it said, you know, hiring an English teacher. This is the salary. These are the hours. These are the ages of the students that you'll be working with. And then it said, it said no, it said no coloreds, no Kyopo. And Kyopo is basically a, a Korean person who was born in like United States or Canada and went back to Korea. They didn't want them to be teaching English. They wanted like a hood ornament, white person, preferably tall, blonde hair. You know, <laughs> they wanted like basically Thor to be teaching English to their, their students. I, I got, I got a, a pass just because I was from New York and they thought like, they think New York is like a, like such a special place, kind of like, LA and New York because they're in all the movies, but yeah, no colors, no Kyopo and Kyopo. I was like, wow. Uh, why not? <laughs> I was about to chime in prior to you speaking on teaching English. Um, sure. I ended up going back for just a few months, had a contract for Phil and my sister was actually a, from California and she was also adopted. She's Korean as well. And she went back to teach English because she has um, a couple masters in France and looked good on her resume. But when I went over there and with my accent and the way that I appeared, it was completely just a huge, it was, it was just bad. I'll just put it that way. Being treated like I was less than anything else, but I was under a contract prior to coming out there to where I had to fulfill it and get me the hell out of there. And the complete setup for it was below even just the, the regular individuals that were residential. Um, I stayed in a, a single person apartment with uh, one of my coworkers that actually came from uh, Africa. They're Caucasian and they were actually Scottish. Um, which is kind of uh, strange since you say that, you know, um, people that were Scottish and people that are also Asian teaching English for the the private institutions is disregarded. But this was probably in 2000. Oh, gosh, 2014, 2015 at that time. Um, okay. that was I was there. I was in I was in Korea from 07 to 09 and it was about halfway but in that time where they started being very selective on who they wanted teaching English. And then at one point what they were doing was they were, they wanted all of the, the teachers teaching English to take HIV tests to, to renew their contracts. It was very, it was like a very strange, it's like they were trying to purge something specific out of the system. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah tuberculosis was an issue. I'm a, I'm a back on that. Uh, I got rogue there, guys. I've got to exit and play cash in. I hope I'm back. Are we still live? Yeah. Is Robo talking? Yes, I was still oh, yes. Yeah, we're still live. Joking, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I I got you. I got you. Robo, did you see what I did? You see what Wait. I dropped in the nest for you? Uh, I'm going to look now. But Joe, Joe, you know something? What you're totally with. guys? I was in Asia in about 2013, 2014, and there was a massive fucking controversy. And I'll tell you what the controversy was, right? Uh, Def I, DJ, we're going to bring you up. Don't worry, dude. I'm getting you in now. The controversy was, guys, listen, there's this job ad has been posted in Korea and it like singled out like Irish people 
and it singled out their like a uh, uh, tendency to enjoy uh, alcohol. Basically, there was a fucking Korean job advertisement that came out, and it was like just the most detrimental thing to like Irish people I'd ever fucking read in my life. So, what a lot of people need, need to realise is is that English speaking countries, what we would call like a NES which is like native English speaking, right? Versus N-N-E-S. So you've got the two things, yeah? N-E-S and N-N-E-S. Native English speakers, non-native English speakers. Now, there was a thing a long time ago where literally your mother tongue, which is like, if anyone knows what a mother tongue is, right? Uh, If you don't, go on Wikipedia it. Literally, there were five countries, right? Uh, originally on the list out here in Asia, and there were the UK, which would include Northern Northern Ireland, right? Uh, Canada, uh, Australia, uh, New Zealand, and America. There was only ever five people. And then what happened was because a lot of Asia was struggling, right, for intake, especially like companies like and a few others, right? Low Cambodia, blah, blah. Literally, they opened it up where Irish citizens, so like so like Ireland, I'm not going to call it Southern Ireland because it's wrong, it's Ireland, right? Uh, Irish citizens and then South African. Now, a lot of schools here have issues, right? And it's really weird because like I know like South Africans who can probably like speak like better English from me, like. Scottish relatives, uh, born and bred in uh, where, D- uh, Durban uh, in South Africa, right? Literally, like, literally just, just don't even speak Afrikaans, like, li- literally don't know anything else other than the English language, yeah? But they'd be looked on as, like, pieces of dirt. But Joe, and I did miss what you were saying a little bit earlier, uh, and the NLK came in. Dude, there was a massive outcry where kind of like this uh, job advertisement in Korea like labelled like the Irish as fucking useless like drunks. Dude, this was big fucking shit over here for like six months. There was like people getting sacked, people losing their jobs at this school, like over like it was really fucking bad. I probably can find some like old Facebook shit there, Joe. Mental love. Yeah, I I remember I remember when they started purging I think it was South Africans first. And they, they basically said any English teacher that's renewing their contract has to take an HIV test. And they were basically saying that, you know, Korea has no STDs. So all the STDs in the country must be coming from the English all teachers. Them. And then, you know, then shortly after that, they stopped giving visas to Scottish and I think Irish people also. But I don't think it was because of the drinking. Um, in, in South Korea, blackout drinking is is like almost like an olympic sport and it's totally acceptable all the time and it was more for the accents they want a specific accent they want british american or canadian uh and they did not want any south korean who were basically immigrants coming back to south korea to teach english even though they were bilingual they did not want them because they don't fit that prototypical, like, like they, you know, they want a hood ornament for the school. Uh, and what's really strange is when I was teaching English there, they wouldn't let me teach grammar. 
They only wanted me to play games with them. And they wanted the Korean teacher to teach grammar out of those books that look like they were made like in the 1930s with the, <laughs> with the ridiculous pictures in there. Like you were You're talking to the talent. Before. It's the same talent though, Joe. Listen, I believe they, it. Like, they want, oh, dude. I mean, Joe, actually, before, before I talk to you about this very quickly, Joe, what, what level, <clears throat> and, and uh, guys, listen, this is not a generalization. This is not us being like discriminatory or issuing pre like, uh, prejudice. I live here. I fucking love it. But Joe, Joe, tell me that uh, Westerners, are not marginalized in Southeast Asia. Joe, tell me that there's not a level of, of I'm not, not going to say like racism because that's a wrong word. It's totally inappropriate. Joe, there is a, a lot of like, right, okay. <clears throat> As a teacher, right, guys, listen, the need, as an English teacher, yeah, they need us here, right? Like, like the, put it this way, Tyler needs me. Korea needed you at the time. Right, but Joe, you encounter prejudice pretty much every minute of every day in Asia. Like, like you, you never. Yeah, I mean, you, you're 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 literally you're treated like. Um, I don't want to say you're treated poorly all the time, but there's just like this condescending attitude towards foreigners, and I noticed it in South Korea. But you know, here's the thing: if you're going there to do a job, and you're you're going out of your way to look for it, it could be a little bit depressing and and you're basically ruining your own experience if all you look at is all the times that you're you're treated like they basically treat you like you're stupid like for me that like when i was in my school they would never ask me to do anything difficult they would only ask the other teachers they would ask me to do simple things like hey can you can you teach the students how to color or some some stupid stuff like that can you do a spelling bee like like just they would ask me to do all these really trivial things they would never ask me to do anything difficult and it was because i was the foreign teacher versus the korean english teacher in japan i thought it was way worse and i was only there for five days where they wouldn't let us into hotels they wouldn't let us into um into restaurants and bars because we were we were it was me and another white guy um southeast japan, asia i japan. i didn't i didn't notice it in southeast asia as much but in south korea for sure it's very you know the nationalism is high because they have this competition with japan china and north korea and the, the foreigners are foreigners and that's just how it's looked at you know there, there are a few like taxi drivers would not let us in the taxi like it's little things like yeah. that and what i found was the american women had the most difficult time there because they were so used to basically being put on a pedestal at all times that they would generally be the ones that couldn't finish their contracts because they were getting into fights with their bosses or coworkers or neighbors. And they just couldn't cope with being talked to a certain way or treated a certain way when they went out. So that, that American women, I would say had a very difficult time in South Korea when, you know, when push came to shove. Dude, uh, people don't realize, but actually, and, and uh, they don't, that you see, it's born out of like a sense of like nationalism and the rebuilding of World War II, but people don't realize that the Japanese I think so. are the most, the Japanese are some of the most racist fucking people in the world. I mean, oh, even yeah. when you become friends with them, the Japanese are like, you, dude, you could live in Japan for 50 years and you would never be one of them. 
you'd always been looked at as an outsider. This is what people don't realize. It's like they will look at you forever like an outsider. Like it's just, I'll always be an outsider in Thailand. Even though I'm integrated like more than you can believe, I will always be a phalang. They'll always refer to me as like the phalang or you're always the outsider. You're never in the inner circle, Joe. Even the, the places I've been, the upper echelons of like major multinational, like I work with some of the biggest companies in the world, like, like literally uh, seven of the top 10 companies in the world I've worked for here in Asia. Dude, as, as nice as they are, and as much as they try, and as much as they like, try to bring you in, Joe, you are never going to be on that level. Like, you're never, ever going to get in there. It's impossible, even when you're married to them. Like, yeah, I know. I've got friends that are married in, like, high soul families. And they're just like, dude, for fuck's sake. Like, most of them are sick of their lives. Like, I, I, know, I know four guys right now in Thailand that are married in the high soul, like, really like, rich families, and they hate their lives. Fucking hate it. They have to pretend they're Joe. You know what I mean, dude? There was a lot of, um, a lot of things over there get swept under the rug, and they, they happen out in the open, but, like, nobody talks about them, and it was like, it was like, um, like, especially family issues, and, and, like, I don't want to call it mental health issues, but pressure that was put on different family members for different reasons, whether it be like, you know, 15 year old boy having a lot of pressure to keep their grades up a certain way in school to the point where like the suicide rates like really high. And then the other pressure that I noticed was any women in their mid twenties that weren't married yet were put under a lot of pressure and, and, and it, it kind of just gets accepted and, as a foreigner, you don't really learn about it right away. It's almost like you have to kind of get lucky that someone explains it to you because you don't see it. But it's, I don't know if you want to just write it off to like a cultural thing or just that United States, maybe the expectations are just lower all around. I don't, I don't know. But some of those things also extended out to, um, you know, like, let's say like with the, no, with well, the younger, the, the younger women, if they, if, Good, good. No, I just want to say the suicide rate that you're talking about, it's no joke. And and it's it's something that's become very, very I mean, Bangkok is a city of like high rises, right? Uh and it's a city of like balconies, right? The amount of stories in the press all the time about these students. Like I mean, on average we have like two to three people per day in Bangkok throwing themselves off balconies, right? And about fucking 20, 25% of them will be like young students. Dude, the, people don't realize these Asian tiger mothers, the pressure that they put on these kids is absolutely shocking. I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen mothers like forcing their kids through years and years of schooling to the point where these kids are 13, 14 years old. They're coming out of the classroom on a weekend. This is a weekend where it's extra, like extra, extra studying, yeah? I'm getting paid loads of money, right, to do this, yeah? And I'm seeing kids come out and sit next to their mothers, and their mothers will get the food out of the thing and start spoon-feeding them. When you see a 12- and 13-year-old kid getting spoon-fed 
and a kid that's like in the class talking about like conjunctive adverbs or whatever, right? Or pronominal adverbs, yeah, if they're clever. And then you see this, just embarrassing. Like literally, these Asian yeah. tiger mothers are the first dude. The fucking horrendous. I, I remember. No one that. I remember my first impression was that um, the kids were very babyish. Like they, like my kids were like 11, 12 years old, but they were like always crying. They always needed to be hugging a teacher. They were always, they were always helpless. And then I come to find out by the time they're teenagers, they're expected to be these like academic, like, like test taking machines. And I remember during like the, the period of the year where there were final exams for the high schools, I think they take like a really important test when they're like in the equivalent of like 10th grade. And I remember the apartment buildings would, would um, close access to the rooftops because there was the, the fear that kids would jump off the roofs during the finals week if they thought they were not prepared for the test and whatnot. And I, but like what you said, you would see, I would see my students sometimes at like 10 o'clock at night um, on a weekday, like I would be out all night, you know, karaoke bar, whatever, with a bunch of teachers and then I would see my students in their uniforms at like 10 o'clock at night walking home from private school when they were in school all day. And then just like you said, they'll be in on a weekend. I would see them with their parents and the parents are holding their hands like they're like they're three years old. It, it was really, I, you know, I was just I felt like they were very babyish, babied and babyish at the same time. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I'll, I'll extend this. We've got Mia up. Uh, hopefully, Mia can come in and change the topic a little bit. Dude, I, I want to reiterate something as well on top of what you said. The one thing that I found really fucking weird in Thailand, right? Uh, and this is after like doing like kind of like part-time work in other uh, places. The one thing that was weird is that here at school, is like a, becomes a, like a cultural uh, community like enterprise. So I don't know about you lot, right? Listen, guys, I'm forty six years old, right? So I'm going back like a long time when I was in school and then even junior school, right? You know, nine ten years old, right? When that bell went, we all fucking left. Like that was it. When that school bell went at the end of the day, right? In my time, everyone left. Everyone fucked off whether you were going to, if your parents were working, you'd go to the neighbor, uh, blah, 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 right? When I came to Thailand, I'd never quite seen anything like it. I went to work at these, like, really, like, uh, traditional, like, government schools, right? And what I realized is that, like, there's a lot of these kids where their parents are, like, like street sellers, you know, with the food carts on the streets or, like, one man band or I'd be driving the taxi or and what I realized that like very quickly is that like there's a certain amount of kids that go home and then there's a certain amount of kids that like can't go home and un until it's like whatever time at night yeah and, and I found this to be really weird is that like all the kids that can go home to the kids that can't will stay in the school and it's really weird as well, guys. Listen, uh, they've got like uh, dorms and that as well in the schools for like those kids that like, like really can't go home because their father might be on like a long distance like drive or something. 
these kids, like, it will become more than a school. It will become like their like community. They finish school. They finish at four o'clock. I mean, it's seven thirty. They'd still be out there playing basketball, or they'd be doing like the b boy stuff, like on that. You know, you know the b boy stuff that they do out in Nigeria a lot of the time. I can't believe. I couldn't believe that school is like this after, like free, like aftercare, like social uh, community, like endeavor. Uh, uh, Joe, I know it's not the same in Korea and Japan. It's very different, but here in Thailand, like. Schools only close or finish up when all of the kids have gone home. It's like really weird how like kids, uh, parents can like leave the kids in school for like hours and hours and hours after the event. What they what and they then, do in Korea is the public schools close. I would say like four o'clock, four thirty p.m., and then the kids have about thirty minutes to an hour to get to their private schools. So the private schools end up being like like an evening daycare well, for money. teenagers. Well, that takes money. Yeah. Well, that's, ah, but that takes money. Wait, they haven't got the money in Thailand. They haven't got the fucking money in Korea. Well, that's, that's, probably the, well, that's-, that's probably the difference. And over there, it's more like um, it's a status symbol. Not to yes. have like the smartest kids, but it's a status symbol to spend the most money on their education that to be honest I, I don't think they learn anything more than we learn in the united states getting out of school at 245 every day it's just that they get overworked and then all day in public school they're sleeping because they were up late at night doing homework and going to private school so like the the the, the daytime school is actually more like the daycare than the evening school where kids are sleeping playing games um it, it it's it's just uh I get, I get it because over there, the men are expected to work till like nine o'clock at night. And, you know, um, usually the moms, if they don't have small kids, they're working long hours as well. So the kids can't go home, but it's just a tremendous waste because the kids, you know, I was thinking like maybe the reason why the kids need to get babied by teachers so much is because they're almost never with their parents and their parents, especially around middle school age, I would say like between like 10 and like, 13 years old it's uh it's almost like crucial for the parents to be bonding with their kids a little bit and they, they get much less of that than what i notice over here so dude i do dude they treat that listen out here I'm, i mean may has come up i want to bring me in here before we finish because uh, i'm going to bed so i just want to say listen out here uh unfortunately a lot of people do treat their kids like a commodity and it's like, like literally, they'll have a son, and the son isn't even like born, you know. It's on the scan, and he's going to be a doctor. Like this kid has got this pressure of like being a doctor before he's even born, or let's say like his dad's an engineer, famous like civil engineer, for whatever you know, the Royal Irrigation Department or whatever, right? Like the kid is being born and being groomed to be this. And yeah, Joe, I mean, we'll talk about this like later at some another time in the conversation with a few more different voices, right? You make your entirely correct. It's, it's, it's fucking, it's awful. Like, and it's, it's counterintuitive to everything that I grew up with and believing in the Western world. Asian education, unfortunately, is counterintuitive to Joe to everything I grew up with. Yeah, it does create though. I think what it does create is 
if you look at like a bell curve, the like the, the top ten percent of that bell curve, if they can get through that system with their sanity, they could come to the United States and absolutely crush a four-year college with no problem, even with English being their second language. But it's the other ninety percent that I don't think there it there's no value add to that harsh system where like the family life is almost non-existent. The school life is everything. You do your military service, then boom, you go to college and, 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 uh, you know, if you have a big group of friends, you lose them, you know, by high school probably because all you're doing is studying. But I do think that top 10% is almost, almost raised like a farm animal to do a specific job. And that job is to take tests and memorize things. And if, if you come yep. to the United States, if you come to the United States where everyone has gotten participation trophies most of their lives and they could barely write and they have no common sense and they want everyone to do everything for them, you will be a standout student even up against the United States top 10%. And that's just how it goes. That's just, I, I taught in college. Yep. I taught in, I taught in one of the top colleges for nursing in the United States and I couldn't believe that some of the kids even got into the school because they were just like borderline illiterate with, I don't even know how they were able to pass their driving test. Never mind, get into the nursing program. And I was just like, wow. And they told me, listen, do not fail anybody because if they're going to fail out of the program, it should not be from your class. It should be from a higher level class. I said, all right. And I told the kids that on the first day, I, the kids, the adults, I said, hey, look, just to let you know. At the end of the semester, if you're failing, it's not going to be because of me, right? This class is only 25% of your grade. So the other 75% is not in my control. I don't want to hear anything about your grades because this is what I was told. And some of them didn't even, it didn't even go in one ear out the other. It went right over their heads. It was, it's amazing. If you're talking about grades to an Asian student, you, be, you better believe they're going to be listening. Joe, do you know we have a, a no-fail policy in Thailand? Anna? Do you know this, Anna? Uh, it's I'm kind of the same in the up. it's kind of the same in the United States. I mean, it, you could fail, but you don't really fail. Like the numbers on you the report card, you know, it's you could fail to to get left back to get left back in the United States, and I, I and I teach in New York, so I would say it's borderline. Uh, like ultra no, it's not like that. forgiving. It's not like that. It's not like that. Wait, in the UK, mind or Europe, mind. I must say, like, like this no fail policy. Like until I came here, like I'd never heard anything about it. I mean, I was so disgusted at first. It took me two and a half to three years to to get used to like the way it's done. When I realised that hey, it's not my country; it's someone else's. I can't be there. You know, the white knight. Dude, the no fail policy is like it's 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 really fucking embarrassing. Like on a, on a massive scale, like is when you've got a kid that has never been your class for a year, for twelve months, he's never took the midterm test, he's never took the flat, and you, and you have to lie and fabricate. It's like, I mean, dude, it's with me. Where do I separate my scruples? my ethics, my morals from like just being able to live where I want to live and do what I want to do. You know, Joe, you know what I'm talking about? It's like, where do I draw the line? Where, where does my moral compass end? Because 
I want to stay here. I want to settle in. I want to fit in. But also, I don't agree. I mean, pretty wild. It's a really tough yeah, call. You would just be, you know, over here if you were if you were going to be that person, you'd be you'd be the only one in your school fighting those battles, and you would just create so much more work for yourself that it's just not even worth it. it you know, it's it's like like what are you going to do? Are you you could do everything. You could. You, you could do all the documentation you want, all the phone calls, all the meetings. But at the end of the school year, there's one person in your school that could change every single number on that report card from their phone without a conversation. So what are you going to do? It just, yeah. it's just one, right. it's just one of those things. And, and, and I think the yeah. problem where, you know, for, for where I live, every state has their own diploma. Since I've been in high school where the diplomas were pretty hard to get and they had two different versions of the diploma where you had like a, like a, more of like an academic, you know, going to college type diploma. And then like a, a generic diploma, which meant, Oh yeah, you graduated high school. You know, maybe you can go to community college, but you're, you're not like, you know, a competitive getting into a competitive school. Now they only have one diploma and it's, it, and they made it very easy to get so that everyone basically graduates. So it's and then they 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 also made it so the the state exams at the end of the year and you could find these online the state exams they're really easy to find the math and the science they curve them they curve them i want to say like 25 points and there are still kids that fail so that means they sit in the class the whole year sometimes two years in a row and they can't pass the state test. They just keep taking them. And, and then eventually, if you're getting spotted that many points, you have a good day guessing. You know, it's like, it's, like, it's like going to a shootout with your eyes closed. Eventually, you hit something, and then you finally pass. And that's just how it is. It's, it's, uh, it's a, it's, 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 I don't want to say it's a joke. It's just it, it, it's an, it's, it's a hoop that shouldn't even exist if you're going to make it so that everyone's going to pass anyway. So, Joe, this is why I regard uh, tests like, like the GMAT, uh, BMAT, SAT, IELTS, uh, even the uh, TOEFL to some degree. I mean, the TOEIC is just a piece of shit like test. Uh, TOEIC is shit, TOEFL, not so much. But then you get into like upper echelon tests of like SATs and IELTS. Now, you, like people can understand how and why these kind of tests like separate people like if anyone in this room has ever tried to sit down and do one of these tests that i'm talking about i mean joe's uh american he probably took the sat it was probably like a long long time ago many things very very it it, (laughs) the sat i i i tutor sats right now and yeah a lot of the colleges have gone to um, SAT optional. So yeah. you don't have to take the SAT to get into most schools anymore. Correct. But, Correct. but the students that let's say that they went to a private school and their schools did not do that bullshit learning from home during COVID. Those students Correct. are absolute like test taking machines and they absolutely chew up the SAT like it's not even there. It's amazing to like work with those students. And yeah, the SAT is a little easier now. There are a lot more materials online and a lot. They offer the test more times throughout the year. Some kids take them three, four times and all that. But they, they need a test like that 
to eliminate and correct for these unrealistic grade point averages of kids coming out of high school where like every kid has a 90 average even though they could barely read and they can't do math like it's it, it the, the sat somewhat corrects for that Joe, so i would love i would absolutely love please if i could in your spare time to pick your brains about the uh, the sat in its sure. current form because i did well dude after two uh, 2016 when it changed and they dropped the uh, essay, when the essay became like optional, I did. Right, right. Uh, and the, the change the, in 2016, they changed the entire SAT. I mean, let's not pretend. They went to evidence based writing from uh, a critical uh, based writing situation, right? That was like the big change. Yeah, the, the reading, sorry, the reading, writing. The reading test yeah. went from evidence, so critical based to evidence based, right? And it was a big change in the reading test. Uh, but also the writing language change. Now, Joe, I really want to pick your brains offline in a private conversation, but I sure, have sure. written my SAT book. And I'd love to run this past you and get some feedback. And it does need updating. Uh, I did do it over a certain period of time. But I have been at the schools. I have taught it. It has been a success. Uh, so probably I think about the lowest score of a kid I've had on my book, uh, or my two books. It's, it's, a, it's a combo. It's a test manual uh, plus my student book. Uh, dude, literally, like I think 1390 was the lowest score I've had. And I've hit like 15, 15, 14, 15, 16 out of the 1600. I mean, my book's been pretty like successful, but I'd love some feedback on what's missing, how I can improve it. I've only got about 80% of the lesson plans done. So like I'll have to finish them before I could send you the whole thing, but I would love Joe if I could, if I could hook up with you privately about this uh, and just talk to you. Yeah, I'd love that, mate. Thank you. Hey, interesting conversation, guys, on uh, <laughs> school education. Come on, change the subject. Yeah, change the subject, man. Come I on, can't, come I on, can't man. believe you're still going with this this space. It's been it's got to be what like two a.m., three a.m. for you. Uh, we're up six and a half hours. We're six and a half hours, but you know something? We've got drop ins. We've got drop outs. Right? We've got your man uh, Sisler come up. He's been putting some emojis up. I love the guy. Meet the desk. I think he's fantastic. We had Finn come in talk. I've just met Kit. I met Kit for the first time and a couple of our friends. Like, dude, why would we not, like, continue? Why would we not try to, like, edge that? Yeah, yeah. You know, you might talk shit for half an hour, but then you're going to start a new conversation when someone like you comes in, dude. <laughs> no? Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I um, I was just listening in on the... What's happening with you, Yeah. What's happening with you, man? Come on, talk to us about you. How are you doing? <laughs> I don't want to go into too much of that. We- I, I do feel like what you guys were talking about as far as these kids taking tests, like I think a lot of it is these parents are trying to like relive like their life through their children. And I don't think that's that's not healthy. You know? It's it's kind of sad to see that well- yeah. It is, it is, but what Joe was talking about is about people like bringing pre-programmed right to take these tests so they're not actually like knowledgeable or Mm -hmm. experienced Mm -hmm. in the thing that they're having to talk about 
all they're able to do is answer a question. Now, test takers like or, or test like teachers like myself, dude. I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't teach like the kids about this subject or blah blah. I teach them how to pass a test. Mm-hmm. Like literally, what do you need to do to pass? So it's like we have to teach these kids that like, hey, when you go into this, you're not trying to learn about this subject. You're not trying to like develop this knowledge or blah blah. If you don't know about it, that's tough shit. Like that doesn't matter. You need to answer a question, and you've got yeah. one of four on. A lot of it's memorization, I guess, huh? Just yeah. trying to memorize, yeah. memorize the and the West. Yeah, it's pretty correct. Pretty wild, over. And the 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 Western world, the Western world is getting worse. The Western world is like catching up to the Asian world. Mm-hmm. So in the Asian world, that's all it's about is memorization, right? Uh, being able to like get through a test, right? And and it's being and now that's what's infecting the Western world. Like right? the critical thinking skills are like just disappearing every day. Too. Exactly, and and that's that's the scary part because if if these if the next generation if they're losing their critical thinking, like the ability to think through an issue and and, and I mean just clear, yeah, critical thinking. That, like that's how like I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of years ago how people used to learn. It's like you used to teach a child to be able to, to make reasonable decisions and to make thoughtful decisions. And what I, I like your, your quote, you know, it's like, just don't be stupid. You know, it's like to not be gullible or stupid. But if, when you lose your critical thinking skills, you're going to believe anything, you know, that's the scary part. Yeah, dude, the, the ability to evaluate mm-hmm. That that's where the fucking missing uh, link is, isn't it? Is that ability to evaluate, which is like, I think it's like the second uh, tier down on Bloom's taxonomy mm-hmm. of critical thinking. Mm, yeah. Like, if if you can't evaluate something, that's where a lot of crypto's going wrong right now, dude. Yeah, right. Do, do you... Is the evaluate? Yeah, because there's other things over. Sorry, dude, there's other higher level thinking things that come after an evaluation stage, right? Yeah. But like most people can't get past that, unfortunately. Do you think the system is set up because they, the higher, I don't know, but it's like, it seems like this educational system is set up because they don't want people to be leaders. They want followers. I mean, I don't know. If someone's a natural born leader, they have the. Yeah, well, of course, of course, of course, you don't say that. Wait, wait, dude, you're totally correct. I couldn't agree with you more, but you don't see that in the Western world. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's more disguised, right? Mm-hmm. It's more hidden. If you come out here into Asia, and then, I mean, I'll give you an example. I just have to go into a Thai school and look at the Thai history books, right? And read what's going on to figure out that people are being sold lies. I don't need to say any more, mate. I need to be careful about what I say, right? But literally, yeah, yeah. I see, or I have, guys, listen, for the best part of eight years, I have seen lies sold in schools across the world. And that's not just Thailand. That's other places. Yeah. And like, literally, I've seen lies sold, yeah. It's, it's sad, if, especially if they can rewrite history, then, you know, you can you can raise up a whole new generation that's not going to know what 
what they do. Yeah, what they do do, they do, they do rewrite history. That happens. It's a fact. Like I can, I can guarantee everyone here. There are school textbooks, and it's happening in America right now. School textbooks are being rewritten to change the younger generation. Anyone who says any any difference is a liar and doesn't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And that, and and I'm only saying this from a perspective of like I've seen them rewriting history from like 800 years ago. Right, right in Thailand now, they they teach a, a conflated fucking history. Didn't happen from 800 years ago. Yeah. Hello, Joe. But Joe's back. <laughs> I got I got rugged, but I did hear Robo. Um, I could definitely talk to you about those SATs one of the one of these days for sure. And that's the last thing I heard before I got yeah. before I got rugged. But Joe, Joe, I'm I'm glad you're back, Joe, because uh, Robo, me and Joe were having a conversation last night, and uh, we're I'm trying I'm trying to not get any more bitter towards this bear market and just these a lot of this crypto you know nonsense that we put up not nonsense but just these all this fud that we've put up with this year i'm trying not to get bitter robo because you know what happens if you get really really bitter you're just gonna want to cash in at the bottom and, and i i don't want to do that right now so joe, joe's been trying to talk me off the ledge a little bit of uh you got to ride it out <laughs> yeah a couple people that we are friendly with i won't name them they did cash out at what I feel is pretty close to the bottom right now. And it's, it's, it's sad, but also, you know, there could be good buying opportunities. If, if the fed just keeps their foot on the gas, like you, you don't know what the hell they're going to do until they break something with the interest rates. So you never know. I thought about, I thought about like for the name of tax loss harvesting, I was going to sell some Bitcoin gonna sell some bitcoin today but then i'm like then i can't really buy it back for 30 days and what if what if, what if i miss that like fed reversal and then i in order to save a little bit on taxes i end up losing s several hundred or thousand in the reversal so I don't, I don't know i'm with you mayor i just try to keep a level head i don't want to do anything stupid the less decisions that i have to make with my trades and transactions the less likely i am to do anything dumb so I've been compounding everything. And the only thing that I buy the last, I would say eight weeks or more, I just, I dollar cost average Bitcoin. I have not bought anything else um, as far as tokens. Joe, Joe, Mia, Joe, Mia, please listen to me. NFTs. NFTs are the big, and, and just look at what's happening with like the penguins right now. Oh, look what's happening, like, with the move with, like, day gods and youths over to, like, Ethan Polygon, right? Literally, honest to God, I'm not lying to these people, I was the worst person 12 months ago. If you'd have mentioned NFT to me, I'd have spat in your face, right? I'm fucking telling you that NFTs, and I hate to say this, it's, it's such a cliche-like thing, isn't it, right? That must sound, Rob almost sound like an absolute gong. NFT communities are the future. And I'll tell you why. I, I totally agree. And I think for some of these blockchains, NFTs are the only assets on the chain. And, and, and the fungible tokens that are inflated until they're worthless are going to be, 
they have a very short half-life and nfts even if a project is a rug pull you could still salvage the actual nfts themselves and repurpose them right somebody else can come along and say all right you know it sucks that the creator you know left this project but there are 5,000 of these NFTs and we know the community was working on this. You, you could onboard people even by an individual metadata trait of the NFTs. I think the NFTs are going to make better DAO tokens than the fungible tokens. I don't see oh, how right. fungible tokens can be good DAO tokens. I don't see it. I hope Window has it figured out because I, I, I don't see how you could use a, a, a fungible token as a voting token and also a reward token that's inflated in triple digits i i I don't see how it can work sisla i love you (laughs) i like the way that you have a practical approach for you know the referencing to nfts and your whys um nfts just as a hyper focus though people enter in as liquidity for a freaking jpeg their photo they're not educated and most of them don't move on from it which is a problem so when we try to you know boost education and awareness of like how the cosmos work and just general you know blockchain technology interactions with an nft people don't move past that so i i'm not necessarily for nfts in that sense but your practical approach yes yeah no you're right i think the number i I forget i think i was talking to mayor last night and i think you were you were on the spaces for a little bit too um nfts as far as like functionality it's mainly been for speculation and and that's just that's kind of how crypto started it was they were just all speculative assets people were buying them only because they thought someone else would buy it for more money later with NFTs, I think um, if you use if the NFTs have a specific purpose, and I think every NFT project moving forward that's going to be successful, unless it's just a standalone art project or a collectible, they have to organize themselves into some kind of DAO. It doesn't have to be an official DAO, but it has to be something like that, because a lot of the NFT collections they're securities, or they're going to be designated securities, and regulation is going to come in and it's not going to be good at all i think stable coins and nfts are going to get whacked with regulation but i think there will be some projects that are organized like DAOs. and i hey board apes board apes you could say what you want they're going to outlast a lot of the protocols on ethereum probably right just well, like one of the sorry no no good good yeah, one of the things, there was a thread that you and Slinks, I, I made a comment under Dankus, uh, referencing that we need a more focus on the tech rather than NFTs and, you know, taking your practical approach um, in reference, like, yeah, but you're taking the, you know, appropriation of um, how we could, uh, you know, same thing as just theorizing. But we need to have enough people and participating to understand when creating the NFTs, you know, the creators versus the devs, is we need to build our contracts a certain standardized way. So that way, if there is a rug pull and projects move from one to the other, we can actually, um, just like the node systems, you know, we can actually, our validators, we have to have some sort of consensus, additional protocol somehow built into it. Yeah, and I think also 
what's a strength for NFT projects is that somebody who's not even related to the project can attribute some utility to a project if they want to. For example, like let's say I have a restaurant and I'll say, okay, every Thursday, if you have this this and this NFT in your wallet, you get something for free, right? And, and NFTs can be used for in real life perks and benefits. I think that what you're talking about, I think that has to come, there'll be necessity for that, I think. I think there needs to be yes. like this, uh, this like j- just as just as people rush to buy NFTs, there needs to be a way to to either migrate them or bail on them or re- repurposing them. I think, and not every NFT collection is going to get repurposed, but there will be some that can, just because of well, the community that they attracted. One of the things go- for sorry, go ahead, Robo. No, go on, kid. Go on. One of the things to consider for regulations is, you know, regulations can't necessarily, you know, crypto, you know, blockchain technology as a whole, like there's no regulatory body for a technology. There's only the people that have created the technology and something that's truly decentralized. They can't necessarily go after that. It's the, it's this purpose of the trades and interactions through the human hands or, you know, our wallets that can cause that. And right now that, removes the decentralization with the, the sexes or CXs. I freaking hate saying sexes. Um, but when we end up implementing like a CLI open source into the contracts of the NFTs, that would actually safeguard people moving forward. This is just a, a colloquial thought that I'm coming up with, but that will, the one line of code can keep it from being more, less of security and more um, into the commodity uh, aspect of it. Another thing is NFTs. When people want to just say like, "Oh, I'm in it for the art," I can take your freaking PFP or your and look at the contract, and I can hijack that one line of code and redirect it to being a different freaking image. It's not the image; it's the tech behind it. Yeah, you're right. You're right, and I feel like some of the creators should, even if it doesn't mean anything, they should just put things into the metadata just in case later on they want to maybe import that nft collection into a game or use it for governance like it like it put things in the metadata that don't even appear in the image just in case they want to assign some value some some privilege later or some, something like that but what what you mentioned about right. the centralization for nfts this the point of centralization will be the exchanges so i think the exchanges will get hurt by regulation not necessarily the project creators they're not going to chase down every project creator and find them for marketing their nft collection a little too aggressively they'll just go to the exchanges and just do what they got to do over there whether it be i don't know finding them or confiscating the website like they've done with gambling sites in the united states i i it it, i guess hmm, maybe, maybe more exchanges are needed based in different countries and then we see which which place is the most you know favorable to list your nfts or however it might be but yeah i think i think um i think that's the the point that that the nft uh exchanges are like the the equivalent of a centralized exchange for fungible tokens i guess what i'm trying to say Uh, yes I, I don't want I don't want to interject right, but there was like a couple of things you're talking about that's like resonating with me so much. 
Joe, when you mentioned about like NFT communities like taking over the project, like one of the very few things that like Rack said to us very early on, uh, Zap and uh, Moltres, you know well, they were like, like they were like literally, dude, if we walked away like a rug pulled like this project, like you guys were just like like this scared a rug pull. Oh, they, uh, they said there would be because they know like what demons we are. And how from the ashes, like you know, phoenixes uh, would be born, but also Joe metadata. Uh, what you're talking about, about like embedded metadata. Listen, I mean, um, Joe, you've talked to you. I mean, I know you had Mol on your show, but you spoke to Mol like offline, didn't you? Uh, Joe, right? You, you know, Mol, little a little bit, little bit. He's he's kind of like a he's he's very friendly. But he's he's a man of few words as well. So we we talked briefly. Just I just wanted to make sure I, I was like, hey, what do you want to definitely talk about? Just to make sure I I could highlight the project okay. the right way. And we talked for like maybe 10, 12 minutes before we hit record. I chatted with him a little bit in Discord, but um, but but okay. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that that, that was the extent of it. Mole tells me that we have no idea what NFTs are capable of. And Molse, and he's really, guys, he's like a really good, like AI, Python developer, right? Really, really clever, smart, right on the ball with Cosmosm and everything that's going on, right? Like Mol is saying to me right now, Robo, we don't know what NFTs are capable of. Like we, we, we don't know the limitation. We don't know how far this can be taken, like private metadata, what Joe's talking about there. Like, literally, guys, I think a lot of people are underestimating the fact of how, like, new NFTs are. Like, literally, I mean, I know we had, like, the punks and the cats back in the day, 2018, at the last uh, bear market, uh, bull market, right? That died off. They became, like, big names like if anyone knows the cats etc right that, like when we if you were rapping the cats last year fucking hell you made some money right but the punks is probably i think like the biggest one and then we've got the second generation with the board eight yacht club uh board ape yacht club and the mutant etc etc right you all know the drill penguins and blah 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 right more saying to me robo like what's of like the capabilities of like say not just metadata, but like private metadata associated like with like specific and like none of us in this room. And I mean, Sisla's here. Sisla's probably ahead of us more than anyone else. Like, and he's, he's probably chilling in his office or whatever, working or, and he's listening in. He, he knows way more than most of us, right? We, we, us plebs, the vast majority of plebs in society, do not realize like the capabilities of nfts i really think i fuck it like for me i'm gonna go i'm just gonna say all in nfts right now like literally buy go and buy your l1 go and enjoy yourself yeah i'm gonna go and buy nfts man. Like, isn't it go isn't it fitting that the um the twitter account of star chodes magically awakened yesterday after like a six and a half month hiatus did you know did you catch that robo he's been in a beta he's been in a beta oh it's all weird if you didn't know you think you would think that account is me 
Like literally, if you didn't know, right, you'd think that George's account was me, no? Robo made I thought it had to be I thought it had to be someone that we know because the, the like one of the first tweets I said, Hey, look who's back or something like that. And I never talked to that guy before. He 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 right clicked my profile picture, tweeted it, and just wrote LOL, like making fun of me. I was like, wow, this is gonna be fun with wrecked wreck news and sauce style and racks and now this this account's gonna be fun. Look at this pleb raising her hand over here. I was currently with my hand raised because I couldn't like have the phone in front of my face waiting to like hit the speaker button whenever someone has to take a breath because <laughs> I was walking around. Uh, shit, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you real quick, Joe, since you're here. Um, what in the world is going on with the stars account? I was going through the different projects on it and the stupid, not youths. Um, but, oh shit. I forgot the youths derivative. Oh, D gods, but it's spelled with a Z that's on there. Is that really associated to the D gods of, um, Solana? No, there's just like a, there's a bunch of knockoff stuff from Solana on stargaze and, one of the things that the stars name service is going to do is try to eliminate that because the creators will be able to link to the, to their official Twitters and whatnot. So, you know, I have one, I don't know how it got in my wallet. I don't know if I bought one just cause it was like 10 stars or something, but someone might've just sent it to me by mistake, but there are a couple of knockoffs. Um, some of the knockoffs I like though, like Wait, Robo, Joe got do you have Joe, where'd Joe chain when Joe came out? There was like Joe, what was it? Joe Osmos and then Joe this. There was like three fucking spam Joe collections straight away. That was funny. I was like, I thought Timmy was making those, so I almost bought some of them. But I'm glad I did not because I am i don't I don't want to support the uh, the bootleg Joes. That would be a great co- name of a collection, bootleg Joes. <laughs> oh, your man's, your man's pimping up at the, in the morning. I bet he's already got a collection up called Bootleg Joes. I wouldn't be surprised. Did, no, did did you see what what they're thinking about doing? I guess on someone on Juno asked Timmy, "Why don't you put a collection on Juno?" And he goes, "We have we have this, we have this, we have this." And then Reese wrote, "We're going to make a collection of one NFT and fractionalize it." I said, "Oh, that would be very interesting. A, a one NFT." collection but fractionalized to like 500 or a thousand pieces oh when you say fractionalized i was thinking fractionalized like a shared ip off of uh, the image not that's a shared image pieces like a particle uh, like avalanche did i visualize it as as like a puzzle and you get one piece of the puzzle but i think it would be more like i guess another nft represents a percentage of the main NFT, something like that. I don't, you could probably do it with a fungible token, but Sisla's giving me the thumbs up. So I'll listen to Sisla. He's like, like Robo said, he's, he's month. He, he had these conversations in 2021 that we're having now. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I want to hear, uh, is it Sis, Sisla or Sisla? Yeah, he's he's forgotten. He's forgotten more than us us plebs will like ever remember. Uh, Joe, right, Joe, you always start your interviews, and and I'll I'll say if uh, Sisla wants to come up, right, for you, darling. Yeah, I'll invite him up. Uh, Joe, some questions for you, very quickly, Joe. 
yes or no, because this is how you do your interviews, right? Joe, uh, bad kids or raccoons? I, I don't have any bad kids. I, I got my racks. But Joe, Joe, that, that's not it. Yes or no? Like, which one are you going to go for? Come on. I need that, wasn't a yes or, that wasn't a yes right. or no question. Racks, racks, racks. It's a close question, right? It's a close question. Bad kids or racks? Racks, racks, racks. Okay, okay. Uh, chodes or baby chodes? Uh, baby chodes. Okay. What? Rama or Rekt V? Uh, I mean, Rama it's, or Rekt. Like, it's like, do, do you want to get punched in the face or punched in the throat? Um, uh, Rama, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, uh, I mean, I, it, that's a tough question, man, because I, I think I disagree with Rama on everything and I agree with V on everything. So I, I don't know. I think I'll go with Rama. <laughs> I like disagreeing with people. Right. Okay. Communications DAO or sub DAO? Uh, source, source sub DAO. Sorry. I, I don't acknowledge source sub DAO at all. Wow. Wow. Last question. Stargaze or Omniflix? And bearing in mind, Sisla's coming Son up of a Son of a bitch. Oh, I knew there was going to be a setup. I knew there was going to be a setup. I have more <laughs> NFTs on Stargaze. I don't... Uh, son of a bitch. I think, I'm getting, I think I'm getting rugged. I think I'm getting rugged here. <laughs> hey, Sisla. Stargaze or Omniflix. Hello, brother. Hello. <laughs> I mean, come on, you guys know I'm biased, but you're also like one of the top five validators on Stargaze. So, you know, it'd be both Cosmos and NFTs. Say, say that Omniflix, pure class. Say that, guys. A gentleman Everyone. and a scholar. Oh, always. I love, I love Sisla, mind. He's great. A great fun. Uh, I hope you had a Merry Christmas, uh, Sisla. Hope you're ready for the like, new year, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're working on something. I sent Joe that the other day. So, you know, pretty exciting last week. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, Robo, you've been going on for like six hours. I saw the first tweet. It's insane. Does this happen every week? Dude, there was a time it was happening like every day. I'm, I am trying to like show people like I'm enjoying the holidays, but I am. I'm really, really interested in Omniflix becoming this like mighty fucking media organization because I know it won't be like a typical media organization that'd be run on a like decentralized scale, uh, but after like seeing you guys do the Cosmoverse stuff, like literally, I've never spoken, Sisla, to anyone in the entire industry who's not fucking bullish on Omniflix. Like Joe, I'm going to ask Joe, Joe, have you ever spoken to anyone that's not like ultra bullish on Omniflix? Literally, no one. No, no one. No one. And you know, Sisla is one of the first people that, that spoke to me when I first came into the ecosystem. We, we had like a meeting, I think it was like last March. And I was still getting the lay of the land. Stargaze had not yet launched yet. And I feel like, Sisla, you might have met with me maybe like three times, maybe four. 
And uh, half the stuff that he tells me while he's talking, I'm typing it into a Google Doc so I can go back and read it. And it's just so much stuff to wrap your head around that they're built with what, what's being built. Um, it, it's it's even like with like I remember Cecil, you were explaining the um, like the salary payouts, how that was going to work, where like you could like fluctuate the salaries based on how fast the devs were working. I was like, holy shit! I was like, this, this is this is not even calling it an NFT platform. It doesn't do it justice. Doesn't do it justice. No, it's a multimedia. Platform, isn't it, Sisla? Like Omniflix is gonna like combine so many elements of media and present it in such a beautiful way. Sorry, dude, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just am bullish as fuck. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Thank you, but I mean, no one probably says that. Uh, you know that they don't like Omniflix uh, publicly, but you know, yeah, I personally see. Uh, there are a few drawbacks, you know, we're uh, making sure there is adoption. We've been successful at, uh, you know, onboarding Web2 firms like organizations, but, uh, you know, crypto native use cases are also important. So, you know, making sure we work on the right set of infrastructure to be able to achieve that product market fit. So, yeah, this bear market, <laughs> you know, we're, we're making more money. I in web two than web three. So, yeah. Joe, I want to bring Brown. I want to bring in Slinks, but I have got a a question there for Sisla. Uh, Slinks, hello, darling. No, it was like Safi posted it the other day about how Omniflex, or I call it Netflix as a joke. Um, <laughs> it's like the highest Nakamoto coefficient at the moment and i don't understand why i don't know anything about the said netflix this omnipotent <laughs> um but yeah i just want to understand why yeah uh let me explain so yeah uh just a just a moment of trivia like we were called free flicks we called ourselves free flicks uh, from 2016 to 2020, end of 2020. And we meant free as in freedom. But, uh, you know, people didn't think of it that way. So, you know, eventually we had to rebrand on Netflix. But, uh, you know, I understand things. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, Omniflix Network at this point in time has the highest Nakamoto coefficient, at least in the chains that, uh, uh, you know, in the 20, 25 chains that smart stake tracks and uh, has a very low genie coefficient so nakamoto coefficient is how many validators does it take uh, to take the network down right how many validators need to collude to take the network down and genie coefficient is like uh, the inequality between validators or people with voting power so when you have like zero genie coefficient that means no one everyone is equal and if you have one that means like there's a high disparity between the rich and the poor in the network. So you know at this point in time, because we did not launch a token, the ratios are like you know extremely high and distributed, well distributed. That's because we plan for it to be that way. But maybe after the you know token does launch, we launch a blockchain, but not the token. So you know we are building first before we could launch the token, and uh, hence you know you might see those stats. 
we definitely want to maintain those after the release of the token as well. Sisler, I, I really want to highlight this. Listen, guys, I've been in this space for so long, talking about Omniflix since what? Uh, March, April last year. By the end of the year, talking about it a lot. I just want to say the fact that I was talking about Omniflix as a possible airdrop, as a possible token 12 months ago, and it still hasn't dropped. Guys, I cannot begin to, and, and obviously you guys, you know, are validating to create income to run the business. I can't tell you how high in my estimation you guys are for not having released this token. And I want to get Joe's opinion. He's a YouTuber. He's got the comments. Joe, can we talk about the fact that like Omniflix are like, nah, we'll do, we'll release the token when it's like right for the the organization, the industry, the community, like the, the fact that how long Omniflix have waited off from doing this and are learning from all of the mistakes that these other people are making. And I mean, stop me if I'm wrong. I think the blockchain's been live, what? Since like how long has the L1 Omniflix blockchain been live? About nine months or something? Six months? Yeah, that's right. Like since February. So, right. 10 months. Okay. Nine months, right? Ten, nine ten months. months. Amazing. Ten, ten months. Joe, tell me, Joe, they haven't released the token and the blockchain's been going ten months. Come on, Joe. Talk to me. Yeah, I think Amazing. other I think others are making a little bit of a mistake if they release their token way, way too early. And in the bear market, everyone's so negative and skeptical, they assume, or some people assume the team's going to dump on them as soon as there's a liquidity pool and they, they sucker us in with those nice APRs to LP. I, um, I mean, if they're getting by with no, with no token, you know, I think it just shows they're obviously focused on other things other than the token. And that's building up the platform. But Joe, there was no bear market in February. Assistant Sandy launched the chain in February. Well, they launched the chain in February. There was no bear market. In fact, Cosmos, it's like mega bull market in that like March to April period, right? Yeah, so I think February February was like the Cosmos top. So yeah, and I I agree. I just think um, I think I think most of these protocols, I think they just assume they have to get a token out really quick, and it, 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 I think a lot of these tokens are never going to recover, and you know whether it be like Crescent or whoever i mean evmos evmos you know it's it sucks because they're layer one tokens and you need them to use the chain but for people they look at price and they they only like stuff that's expensive and if they see the tokens sold off 95 percent, they might not even use the network so maybe i i like that they that omniflix didn't release a token yet and i hope that it's uh I hope it it helps them avoid the fate of some of these others. And I know Archway, Archway, same thing. They're they're they 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 said they're really going to think through their airdrop because they don't want to suffer some of the same mistakes. And not, it's not even a mistake. It's just the way the airdrops are received. I think is uh is is a problem. And I I mean maybe this is not a popular opinion, but I don't think using the Adam Adam you know staked Adam as the only the only way to 
distribute your airdrop. I don't think that's smart because we already saw that there are like massive whales holding Adam, whether they could shift governance on Adam or you end up with a Takumi situation. So you have to look at even, even the successful air, some some airdrops are considered a a success based on the percentage of airdrop tokens, but that's not really the only, I would rather airdrop a less percent of the tokens, but have it just distributed in a way where people are, are not going to try to dump the token. They're going to actually use the network. If that makes sense. Yeah. Airdrops really are just fake growth in you know showing how many walls are have it but you know you want um organic growth and encouraging people that actually care within the community i, th- I think asset mantles airdrop really wasn't such a bad idea the way that they did it because you know it, it vests and you only get a little bit at a time but then you know they were supposed to launch their platform in may or june and I don't see it on the horizon even now. I, so they, they, they might have screwed themselves by not launching the platform in enough time. Um, because if you, if you offer a liquidity pool, people are going to sell a token. And if there's no platform, no one's going to buy it. So they'll, they'll, it'll be a one-way liquidity pool, kind of like what, what Fortis set up with BFOT, where it was like a one-way liquidity pool. No one's buying it. Everyone's selling it. And it's like, I mean, we see what happens. We see what happens. Well, so. I mean, for fair launch is one thing, you know, for a startup, but staking mechanisms, just in general, historically, I've, I'm not sure, Joe, if you were in previously with Terra with the airdrops and that was actually deactivated just because, um, you know, it, it's always centralized. There, It's never even fair for a proof of stake. Uh, because there's always a team allocations and treasuries and seed sales and it turns into just a, a marketing ploy for uh, capturing interest. But that's just me being biased. I mean, I, well, I, I was not really involved in terror, to be honest with you. Well, I'm a bit disappointed. Before we change, Joe, I'm a bit disappointed because you did bring an asset mantle and I didn't want to go there. I mean, you drag, you dragged across hot coals, the plebs in the conversation. And that's another conversation I want to have. What I do want to ask you, Joe, while Sisla's here, so I'm ready for the diplomatic answer. Sure. Uh, do, do and can, do and can, Stargaze and Omniflix, like, coincide with each other and live with each other, like, side by side, even complementing each other? Ah, we talked about this the other day, uh, myself, Rama, Gaines. I think Shroot was in the conversation. There was a few of us, right, talking about, like, how, like, Omniflix and Stargaze will, like, complement each other, how they're very, very different things, how essentially, like, Stargaze is, like, kind of like just a PFP hub. That's all it is, basically, whereas Omniflix, you're going to go for, like, content experience, like, Amongst other things, I don't know, Joe, while Sisla's here, let, let's hear what the boss man thinks about us plebs. What do you think about that? We we decided the other day, we said that Stargaze and Omniflix go hand in hand with each other. They're not competitors. They are compatriots. I, I asked um, I asked Shane about that, and he said no. And, and And for the simple reason, he's like, we're more focused on internal... Improvements 
than making partnerships and, and collaborating outside right now. And I, I thought that was pretty fair, given that Stargaze is still kind of new and doing a lot of upgrades. No, no, I don't mean about partnership. I mean about, right, okay, I didn't mean about collaborations, blah, blah, blah. I, that's not what I meant. As separate L1s doing a similar thing, but not the same, and providing different, like, experiences from whether that's like an artist's point of view or a buyer's point of view. Like, li literally, if I look at Stargaze and I look at Omniflix, I don't see any comparisons. I only see contrasts, and that's a good thing for both teams. You're asking me or Sisla? No, I'm asking you. I just said he's on, he's on the call. All I'm saying to you is... Yeah, like, you know, no, I, I, see, I see them as completely different. I think you would go to Omniflix for one thing and you would go to Stargaze for something else. And um, I think I think something like um, like Orbital Market is is in trouble, right? Or or even Asset Mantle, regardless of what the platform looks like, I think they'll be in a little bit of trouble. But I think Omniflix and Stargaze will almost naturally stay out of each other's way because you know if, if I'm a, if I'm an artist and I want to release you know five thousand PFP collection. Maybe I'll, I'll favor Stargaze, but if I want to do like some MP4s or maybe like very, very small collection, I might like Omniflix better. So I, I don't see them. I don't see much overlap other than they, they're both using NFTs. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. You pretty much summed it up, uh, Joe. In regards to like, a why are you why are you trying to get me to say something stupid in front of Sisla? I'm not, I'm not. Listen, son listen. of a bitch. Wait, <laughs> sister, Robo, wait, wait. I think it's important though, guys. Listen, in this world with like 50 odd chains on IBC or whatever, you've got, I mean, literally, asset mantle, right? I would not even dare bring in the fucking same conversation as Stargaze and Omniflix. And I'm only bringing Stargaze in the com conversation because I've been impressed by the way that their leadership like has stood up. They're trying to do things. They have showed some results. Like literally, if this conversation was six months ago, I would have laughed at me right now. I'd have been like, Rob or Stargaze, you pleb. Now, Sislik and verify this. You know why, guys? Because after we did the big show, after the Juno restart with uh, Jack Zamplin, uh, Reese's first uh, ever spaces, Governor Riley, uh, Jacob, we had the entire ensemble, Raku, everyone. We we came back the week after Rama and I, after the East holidays, and Omniflix were the first paper we spoke to, and they came on, and they had like nearly three hours. So similar to like Kajira or Luke, came on with Rama and I, they offered like, hey, hey, dude, well, come on. They didn't run away after like an hour or something. They stayed on for as long as they could. Ah, no, Omniflix, man. I've got proper history. And, and like, to me, it's imperative. I say the success of this, like, organization and, and what I've seen over the last few weeks. And, you know what I mean? Everyone knows, man, what, what we're trying to do here, yeah? We're trying to protect the good people. And for me, man, they're absolute dynamite. Like, whenever they're not shit. When have they not shit? Like, they've held back on the token. Like, that speaks volumes. You know Joe? Joe, you know John Lennon? John Lennon once 
said. Over overrated. Overrated. Oh, is he? He was killed in New York. He was shot on your door. <laughs> I'll, I'll mess. I'll mess with you. Yeah, I, I, I know who John Lennon is. Yeah. What's his name? What's the dude's name? Mark Mark Chapman. Right, Mark Chapman that shot him. Yeah. Anyway, uh, eighty was it? Anyway, like what I'm gonna say, right, guys, is a conspiracy of silence speaks louder than words. Like in the last like six months, have you never seen me like like pumping like Omnifix? Well, that's a good thing because they're quiet. We're quiet, but they're not quiet either. They have fucking these creative fucking meetings and like there's some of the most like their content to pump out. Sisla, I must say, mind when it comes to Cosmos, like is an individual like chain. Wow, you guys pump out content for days, bro. I mean, it has to be commendable, Joe. Yeah, they do, mind. We're not going to yeah, to and I, I can't, I, I can't wait to see if the way that Sisla plans to leverage YouTube is going to bring attention to Omniflix chain itself. I think that's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. Also, something else that Sisla is one of those people who's not, um, not out of touch with the community at large, and I think that's very important for an NFT chain to have like a a front man. Who mingles with the plebs, if 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 that makes sense? All right, of course it does. Now, uh, Sisla, let's talk about Don. Uh, Don <laughs> I was going to ask a lighthearted question, but you go ahead, Robo. <laughs> I was well, going to Sisla. Let me let me ask Sisla a question before we get into get into him. I was going to ask Sisla who he thinks is um, maybe the most underappreciated artist. That's launched on on Omniflix. If he can name someone that he thinks should get more attention, or she get, should get more attention than they currently do, I was curious if he had someone in mind. Yeah, I mean, I okay. The space is being recorded, so you know, okay, I'll go on record to say that. I'll, uh, delete, I'll, delete, I'll delete it. Wait, I'll delete this space when we finish. I'll delete it, bro. Don't worry. Say what you want. Sure. Uh, thank you. So, yeah, Tardigrades, they did an amazing job. Uh, there was a maybe a pricing issue initially. Like, they were selling an Atom and, you know, Atom was low, went high, and then dropped, you know, during the moments that they decided the price and announced it to the community. But, uh, like, for the folks that came down to Cosmos, Tardigrades, their community, like Tardigrade NFT holders, got an amazing experience. <clears throat> they all got a welcome kit, a pickup from the airport to wherever we were staying. It was a lot, right? And uh, the founder, he's so damn passionate. You know, we could see that. And he's extremely creative, you know, with his thoughts. Like, I'll just give a quick glimpse of what creativity you know, means in this context. So... He wanted to explain Cosmos ecosystem to people. And what he did was he made cardboard cutouts of logos of various projects. He got the founders of each project. He got on board Ethan Bookman to pass on the Atom card to Sunny, you know, and then from there to, uh, yeah, Osmo, it got swapped to Osmo. Sunny had the Osmo card. Then Sunny gave Osmo, I think, to Shane. Uh, you know, there was this flow and then we got, you know, from Shane 
know daya got uh, stars or no i got a stars and then you know we swapped it on omniflix for a tardigrade the tardigrade you know went over to you know another chain i mean there was a flow i, I mean, it's like 142 i just failed to reconstruct the flow but this is what he did he shot individual clips he was very creative at it and you know these were things that he did he covered like medellin and all you know in an excellent manner reduced anxiety for people that were going there right they were extremely anxious you know before getting there so yeah i think uh, tadi and they just launched a game so yeah i yeah i think we might have done a bad job at being able to market the collections but i think the founders there the creators there are pretty damn smart and you know they've been uh, definitely you know there there are creators from tezos ecosystem they're all one of one artist so i i can't really like pick people but the tezos ecosystem on omniflix has been like amazing because like joe mentioned right they're not the people that launch pfps they might like launch one nft this week you know another next week and things like that so they've been seeing success as well like with like photography nfts abstract nfts and so on and so forth so yeah that has been interesting to observe as well sisla oh cool thanks for that sisla sorry jo uh, sisla i'm going to tell you what's also been very interesting is and thank you for your answer there by the way your lack of shilla army it's quite evident i think to everyone in the community that omniflix have never employed this like disgraceful like like unashamed like meth head like shilla army that's going to like just literally go and talk about the project even when there's no like substance joe i like the fact that omniflix have provided like so much substance right and i've never i've never seen anyone shilling it is that just me well uh as all our shillers where where are they we're we're shilling it right now (laughs) exactly that was all you know i was about to say you know that's uh, it yeah like lil gains you know radma yourself like yeah all the shout outs that we keep receiving you know yeah they're 100% organic like we never paid anyone for anything honestly and uh, you know the flix fanatic subdao that runs right now with four people yes they're definitely being paid uh, but they're most likely engaged in community operations rather than shilling so all the activities you know that are hosted on omniflix you know the flix fanatics manage and, uh, and it has been an interesting model for us to you know work with them you know as a as an extended team and as a you know perfecting the sub dao ops model yeah sisla we notice we notice these things like you know these things like don't slip past us like that's why i mentioned it literally i can't tell you when i've ever seen uh, an omniflix like shill post like Joe, you know what I'm talking about. These like unashamed, like, come on, tag your grandma, tag granny in there. You know, <laughs> Joe knows what I mean. Yeah, you, you know what's funny? I got I got offered a, a couple of times, and I just I was like too stupid to understand that the people were paid, right? So I I I, I came into the space in February of last year, and I just thought that's how Twitter was because I never had a Twitter account before. 
And I was just too stupid to realize for the first couple months that these people are getting paid. And even some people offered to, to, to pay me. And they, and then they didn't, they, they never asked me like, how much do you charge? Like outright. They would always like, like dance around that question. And then like, I'm stupid. I'm like, I'll just make a video about it. And I would just make the video. How how dumb is that? <laughs> did you did you ever see when I posted the uh, first ever communique? I mean, I tweet this out, guys. George, did you ever see the first like communication between like myself and Raccoon or not? No. I saw you. No, the earliest thing I've seen from you was that really nice, comprehensive medium article about the collection from early on. That's what got me. That's what got my sights set on on racks. To be honest with you, did you enjoy that medium? The long one, isn't it? Quite long. Really. I, I, no, I, I like that you disclose everything up front. You're like, yeah, I own 38% of the supply, but this is why you should like raccoons too. That was funny, right? Well, at that time, you were a big holder, right? <laughs> oh, Joe, like I love, I love this crack. Uh, you, you know something, right, guys? Listen, I, I tweeted this out. I, I screenshotted the DM of the raccoon first approach and i, I like I, it was a long screenshot you know the scroll like screenshots right and it was like they were like like uh, dude uh, like how do you work or whatever i says what you're talking about like you pleb and they're like and i was like hey man it doesn't work like that like i just like you guys like you just fucking seem like funky dudes blah 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 and they're like oh, you're our man you're what we've been looking for literally it's like the most organic fucking thing and I hope everyone in this room knows, literally, I have received virtually, I'm not going to say nothing, but I've received like virtually like nothing from fucking Raccoon. Trust me, like literally like not nothing. A few free lottery tickets, a, a few fucking uh, an honorary. I had to select myself. This is what Joe... Right, guys, listen, the crypto economy doesn't work like it used to. All these shillers, all these cunts we've seen before, they're all dead. So what you're seeing now with the emergence of people like uh, Joe and the further emergence of people like Don, who were pretty much like unknowns like six months ago, right? To be fair, you know. And then you're seeing like people like Tank, uh, who trademarked, I think the very common phrase, the IBC gang that was being used for like, I don't know, two years or something. Uh, if you see like all of the stuff that's like going on right now, right? These like emerging content creators, these emerging economies with like things like Omniflix start, like how can you not be bullish? It's, it's, Sisla and Joe, for me, it's impossible right now not to be bullish on the future of crypto. I, I, I like the the bear markets even more, like I'm further compounded the reason why I should be all in. Because if we can do this shit right now, then imagine what we can do at the top. Oh yeah, and I so you know I know I know that this has nothing to do with Cosmos, but I was reading about um. <laughs> I was reading some of the documents on the Stacks website, and they're they're really close to solving a big problem with um, bridging Bitcoin to other networks in a decentralized way that like wrapped Bitcoin can't achieve. And 
I was just thinking, I said, wow, that's pretty wild. If, if Bitcoin can finally be leveraged for smart contracts, imagine, imagine what that would do. Cause you know, the way I look at the market is, you know, that goes through that cycle where Bitcoin dominance has to get to a certain peak and then, you know, altcoin Ethereum kind of fires off next. And then some of the altcoins and layer twos, and then all that trickles down into like the quote shit coins or the, you know, small NFT projects. So, yeah, I mean, if you really want to be bullish, check out the Stacks website. I don't know if you're familiar with Stacks, but I'm sure some of you probably are. I'm fucking bullish on NFTs. I tell you, Rama, fucking hell, he, he gave me the kiss of death the other day for Q1 on almost every coin I mentioned. Like, literally, we did some, like, TA on that uh, call the other day on Boxing Day, and I've mentioned, fucking hell. Like, I'm like, right, Rama, what about this? What about this? What about this? And he's just like, he gave me a few bounces opportunities, but my God, no, I'm a jaw. I'm not kidding you. This uh, kid, whoever's up speaking, Chris, I, I am fucking into NFTs, me. For, for Q1, all in NFTs. Here we go. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Just chilling, bro. Just chilling, listening to fun conversation. By the way, I love Sisla. I have a lot of Omnifix uh, NFTs, too. Mostly, mostly Tangled's game. <laughs> I got knocked out again, Joe. And fourth, who's 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 is it different people winning or is it um Kiwi guy every time? Uh, Flix has is OP right now, but um, there's a few new players who are coming in who have actually built some nice strategies with the cards that they're using. Like, yeah, um, I'm out of the loop, I'm gonna have to play a little bit. I'm, I'm gonna have to play a little bit. Um, you know, you're in my time zone, and for whatever reason. Maria is always online when I'm online, even though she's like five hours away. So I'm going to play you guys. I'm, I'm looking at Omniflix right now, and I'm actually looking at the IBC game cards. We're, talk, we're talking about um, a game, a card game using NFTs. That's the NFTs are on Omniflix. And uh, the artist, the artist who did these, d- designed this game, and it's, it's, it's developing and it has potential. There's no engine for the game, but. Just pl- you guys still playing in Discord, I'm guessing, right? Or on Telegram? Uh, yeah, we play on. He actually has his own Discord now, so we play over there. But um, he is no like uh, time limit or anything. But they they are developing an app, so eventually or hopefully, you know, market turns around and stuff gets a little better, and, and you get a little bit more uh, bang for the crypto that you have, and and stuff can uh, be built more. But uh, that's the plan eventually. Yeah, yeah. No, I hope I, I hope I hope we get to see it. I know it's him, Sunnyside Reapers, and then there's another project that's making a game kind of like that. I, and I hope all three of them get to the point where we get to play these in in a some type of app. You know? Yeah, actually, we are uh, working with Tangle, helping him uh, with the game and. Uh, we're most probably there. There could have been a web version, but we're most probably expecting to see that in like a two D metaverse. So you should be able to see the game get played within that two D context. You know, it'll still be like a game. Uh, you'll have all the interactions, but it won't need like high end graphics and all. So 
we are working on with the unity team to help them do that actually the unity team also launched a collection on omniflix so they are both collaborating you can say that sisla have you have you guys thought of kind of i'm sure you've thought of this adding some kind of gaming hub to, to omniflix so that if a game like tangled is being developed the engine is built in to omniflix which would make people not have to leave omniflix to buy the nfts swap the nfts play the game and get rewards is is that really difficult to do is that like a five-year kind of thing or is it not being considered at all uh it can be done now so ah. oh wow <laughs> so so, so you did, yeah please go ahead oh no i, I was just curious because I, I mean i obviously i don't know anything about building anything but it just seems like if this would be you know for someone like tangled if 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 they were like maybe like a some kind of simple card game engine in omniflix that could be modified so that different creators can make their own games with different you know different point systems different you know i don't know different um sequences of action and whatnot it would it would um kind of create a, a gaming hub right on omniflix uh so actually there are two parts the app layer and the protocol layer so when we are uh, looking at the app layer we need some infrastructure to integrate with unity i mean cosmos ecosystem in general does miss that so you know we've been right now we build a unity plugin where it should be able to uh utilize kepler right from within a game like webgl game so you should be able to run the game in a browser or a small world environment in a browser and interact using Kepler. So yeah, you're, uh, they don't have to leave the game to interact with Omniflix. So that is possible now. And at a protocol layer, there are still a few more, you know, updates before we get to like a gaming engine. But at this point in time, they can utilize the protocol. Like one of the things that's a key differentiator between, you know, maybe Stargaze and us is at this point in time, you know, Stargaze completely are focused on the contracts part, you know, CW extension of CW721 NFTs, but we're focused on the native NFTs. So that'll mean ICS721 and, uh, you know, extensions of that and all will be possible to mint right on Omniflix without actually having to create a contract or deploy a contract or you know, write, write much code, actually no code. So... Yeah, this is the kind of infrastructure like at an L1 level that games seek. And that's one of the reasons why Immutable X is also getting popular because it's a dedicated uh, L2 for gaming. And uh, this is also one of the approaches we took in being able to work with uh, game development studios. So at this point in time, we have two teams, uh, actually three, but uh, one of them is an indie team. So two game development studios working on uh, their own infrastructure of metaverse worlds. So one of them is focused on parties. One of them is focused on community tooling. And uh, both of them utilize Omniflix. So one of the teams actually even forked Omniflix and launched before we did. Right? <laughs> and uh, 
you know yeah that has been going well and uh, we are exploring options for them not to launch their token and because they're in a in a regulated environment so we are exploring options around ICS as well so they will be secured by omniflix so that is the you know at least that's the roadmap that we have when it comes to game development studios or more specifically games yeah cool now thanks for that and we personally believe that uh, tangles game will be one of the you know flagship games or you know i wouldn't say a killer use case but demonstrates a true potential of omniflix so you know he has he has designed this keeping omniflix the features on omniflix also in mind so you know thinking of delegating cards uh you know licensing those cards for a fixed time period and so on and so forth for tournaments so those are things that uh, tangle considered while designing the game mechanism and you know it's it's amazing on both sides right tangle being able to design all of this get people to engage and the community utilizing an excel sheet a google sheet and being able to play the game like we almost did nothing there other than like provide omniflix infra and you no know, tangle build his own community so it's just a tech and uh, you know right now we want to make sure that uh, he takes it to the next level cool yeah i hope he does really well he works really hard really 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 hard fucking hell joe Sisla, i mean i love you as all guys i'm not going to lie what time it's like uh, it's it's 3:30 a.m. here but I just want to like give you an update on the source down. So like I've been in the DMs with like the team. You all know who they are, right? My God, can you imagine the raccoons? Like there's one we we have only one seat, one seat. And by the way, Sisla, thank you very much for voting for the source down as a top ten validator. I thought that was really impressive on Juno, and I was. I mean, the guys are tweeted, and literally Omniflix like voted within like ten minutes of me like tweeting. Like, literally, it was unreal the other day. I couldn't believe it. I was really like happy and honoured and privileged. But think, guys, think about this, right? I don't bring me. I bring the power of like forty people, right? Giga brains, giga meme artists. Like everyone knows what you get with the raccoons. We're a hardcore. We're being bred over the last nine, eight, nine months. Like we're being pushed to the bottom and we've forced our way up, right? Every single community will be so glad to have. And it just so happens that this is the one. No. Uh, Sisler, yeah, thank you for your vote, bro. I appreciate that. We, we appreciate that. Actually, we did plan to vote yes a while back. That's why it happened, you know, ten minutes from when you tweeted. Uh, yeah, we just didn't uh, do it in time. But you know, yeah, definitely. I mean, we need to have some fun, and uh, you know, yeah, using sarcasm, you can actually be brutally honest and like use that as a medium to, you know, bring change. I personally see it that way. So yeah. Well, Joe, it's no, it's no different, Joe, than what happened with you. I mean, Joe's probably got one of the best stories of 2022, uh, of, of anyone you can think of. I mean, this sums, like, literally, if we haven't got to this, this stage, I mean, Joe, you might be busy with the kids, I don't know. 
But like, how overwhelming would that be? Like, literally, to to have a fucking entire chain and an entire like NFT collection like come out. The thing is, Sisler's right. Uh, apparently, I've been hearing because I wasn't there that 2018. Uh, there's different talks about 2018. Like some people just went off and like built, weren't heard of for like two years. Crypto Twitter, I heard between 2018 and 2020. I wasn't around, so I don't know. I've heard CT was just kind of almost like a graveyard. Uh, and there was only like several people there. Even if this like bear market goes through to like 2025, I have, why would I go anywhere? I'm having the best time of my life. Still pulling in a bit of a bit of a salary, can keep things ticking over. Like everyone else can just try like forge friendships, you know, try and create collaborations. I mean, what do we do? Kit, you still up, Kit? Chris, you still up, Slinks? Just like, what, what do we do? Do we lie down and cry or do we just fucking get up and laugh? I'm all in it for the culture, mate. Like, we all laugh, cry together. That's what we do. I mean, we all came into this knowing what whatever we put in could possibly go to zero. So, I mean, why why are we why am I going to go anywhere but like now? <laughs> do you know what Joe 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 became an NFT collection? I mean, if that's possible, like literally, what what? We are in this paradoxical fucking universe that's unprecedented. We, we're in some like mad simulation like shit going like the deer that oh my god, wait, he's a Mia. Right. What time is it for Mia? Oh, it's probably wait, he can probably talk. I think he was at with. He's gonna come on, he's like, hey Robo, you know your best pleb. Like he's what is let's see. A Mia if Rama wakes up. Oh, I've just uh, commented about Rama. People in the room don't know that I have to go to bed every day before Rama wakes up in Australia. Because if he wakes up, there's normally like... No, yeah, man. Hello, Amir. Hello, son. Oh, having a good holiday. Wait, can you hear me, Amir? Or am I getting rogued? Yes, I, I Every time it. someone joins, okay, okay bro. Hey, um, mate, yeah, Merry Christmas to fucking you too as well. Seriously, bro, I hope you've had a beautiful, I bet you've been fucking eating loads of vegetables, right? Yes, exactly. Tofu. Did it, did it look like a tur- like turkey? Can you craft, can you craft like tofu into a turkey or not? No? Like, can you make it like look like it? Can nah. make, no, will it? Listen, my my, my uh, uncle's wife did a tofu turkey for Thanksgiving one year and like totally ruined it. That was the first year me and my cousins ever ate Thanksgiving at a McDonald's that we've somehow found open up uh, in North Jersey. That sounds at great. Have you ever day. have you ever have you ever had McDonald's on Valentine's Day? What do you split? What do you uh, cut the Big Mac into a heart? <laughs> Put some Actually, no. I'm sorry. It, it was a there was there was like a Wendy's in New York City or maybe McDonald's that did it a special on Valentine's day where they served like lobster and it was like 50 bucks. And these guys are bringing their girls 
to the fast food joint. I can't remember if it was Wendy's or McDonald's, and uh, it was it was on the news. I think it was in I think it was in New York City. Wow, your woman, your woman down horrendous. No, you can't even remember if it was like McDonald's or Wendy's. No, is that right, Joe? I can't remember anything before like September of this year. Wow, bro. I mean, do that. My kid last well, night was the first night my kid slept in her own room since she was born, and it was a glorious night. Aside, from, I got woken up once because my other kid, and I know you won't have to go to bed, but I, I got like a rant in me. If you guys don't don't mind hearing about it, a rant about kids, but holy shit, man, my kid, she got fucking, she got fucking walkie talkies for Christmas, right? My three year old. And I think that's a great gift. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. We got three walkie-talkies. Guess what? These walkie-talkies pick up the official comms from the fucking fire department, the taxi dispatcher, the police station. So the the, the walkie-talkies are going off at like 1 o'clock in the morning, and then I can't find them. One's in the closet. One's behind the curtains. One's under the couch. And at like 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm running around the house, and I and I'm blind. Like I can't see anything. I and my glasses. If I have my glasses on, I cannot see shit. I'm 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 definitely blind. I had to go under the couch, disable one walkie-talkie, then the other one's going off. The fucking fire department. Oh my god, man! Don't don't have walkie-talkies in your house. Just not it's not worth it. Dude, I know exactly what you mean because my uh, dad got him as a gift for us because my dad was in the military and then he got deployed again. And as soon as he got deployed, my mom took him and threw him right in the trash. We never found those walkie-talkies again. <laughs> and th- these walkie-talkies, they got like 22 different channels on there. And I think at least like four or five of them, you're picking up official communications. with Because we, where we live, there's a there's a firehouse a quarter of a mile away two police stations within a third of a mile. And then there's a couple taxi places because we live by a train. So man, oh man, not a good gift for a three-year-old. These little pink yeah, and no, orange. You, you, uh, we lived near a hospital that had a helipad. So we got like emergency cases. And then down the street was the fire department and police station. And then we had um, a smaller town that was like our town surrounded that had their own department so it would pick up everything and my mom was like just she just got rid of them she's like i'm not dealing with this <laughs> yeah I, I like stuff that has no pieces and doesn't make noise my buddy <laughs> my buddy's kid just got these uh rock'em sock'em robots like these electric robots and like i was talking to him on the phone and i was like i am not getting my kid that because that is the most annoying noise i hear in the background it's just like imagine taking two action figures like plastic action figures and just slamming them together until the computer recognizes one of them wins i i had that i had that when i was a kid my mom threw that out really fast i remember Joe, did you have any bad Christmas experiences like this year, like Christmas shopping? Did you have any like bad experiences or no? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't like buying uh, I don't like buying um, cards, wrapping paper, or gift bags. That's the worst. But but what I I, I, I you know th- this Christmas everyone got a gift card. I buy people food. I buy people food. George, do it. Do you, George, do you rap or do you go to the place where you pay the people to rap? Because, like, literally, my rapping, I'm not going to lie, dude, you wouldn't believe the fucking, it looks like a fucking autistic ant. 
like oh my no my 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 rapping is on point my rapping's on point um i learned from my mom who used to keep us home from school to help her wrap the gifts and all that but my dad what he my my dad uses aluminum foil to wrap his gifts (laughs) i'm I'm not i'm not even kidding that's that's what he's always used aluminum foil I, I promise. I promise. Listen, every year for Christmas, my dad used to buy my mom a stupid little, like a like a collectible, like a collectible little statue. I forget what they're called. They're, they're like little. They're like little cutesy little like ceramic, or like yeah, like ceramic statue. And my dad would wrap the box in, a, in a aluminum foil. Yeah, 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 man, boy, you woman, I know ornament for Christmas. Oh, imagine the fucking smell going off right there. I'll tell you what, I can't eat any woman I've ever met, but that's my grandmother, me mother, me great aunties. Me, any woman I've ever met, if you, if you bought her an ornament for Christmas, oh, you're dead. You're dead to your woman, and yeah, you? You're dead to her. Tell ya, Amanda, Amanda was down in the speakers. I wish B bands and that was it. Wait, kid, 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 can I ask you a question? I mean, if you're getting a lad draw, you know, if you're getting a lad draw or something like posh, it's a nice gift, but some ornament from fucking Atlantic City or something. Nice, Joe, what's this ornament? This is the best story ever. This, like, Joe, <laughs> I'm staying awake for this. Hello, darling. Oh, he's your woman. Wait a minute, Amanda. Figure out your story. Uh, he's 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 pops. Uh, but your woman, his mom. Uh, 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 an ornament. Uh, I don't know. Some kind of like Joe didn't seem to be too impressed by this ornament's characteristics or pedigree. <laughs> so help me out, Amanda. What's happening here with Joe? I'm lost. I just looked them up. They were precious moments. They were like 50 bucks, these little statues. And they, every year they make a new one. And my, my mom still has them. They're yeah. all displayed, collect, collecting dust in my parents' house. I know what they are. They don't have faces, right? No, they, they have faces. They're like little kids standing there. Just, they're fucking dumb. No, I hate I them. They, I go to my... They don't have faces though, right? They're just like plain. Like they're just... No, they 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 have faces. They they're not colorful or anything. They they just like little Christmas things. I I don't know. They're dumb. They're dumb. Why? One year, my dad bought one that my mom already had, and she fucking flew it through a fucking conniption. <laughs> Down horrendous. Down horrendous. But yeah, that, that, those and then, then you know wrapped in wrapped in aluminum foil is the way to go. It's so so easy. If my husband wrapped my gift in aluminum foil, he'd be having to find himself a new companion. Wow, that's rather thin kind. I mean, that is a man now being as polite as she possibly can be. Other than saying I would chop his fucking bollocks off that absolute pleb cunt. Oh, you date me. I, I I just put stuff in bags. Like that's it. Like, and I reuse bags. Like, I don't I don't see a point in wasting money on bags and wrapping paper and all that. Stuff. That's my, my my worst moment Christmas shopping is when I have to go to Walgreens and buy like three 
$4 bags. I'm just like, this, this is a fucking scam. A bag is $4. One time use, they get ruined. I hate buying bags. I hate buying bags. And cards. Cards are like six bucks now. What the hell is that? So guess what? For my birthday, I- for my birthday, my husband got me a card and I looked at it and it's, there's like nothing written inside. And I was like, oh, you better fucking write something in that. To this day, six months later, there's nothing written in my card. He just gave me a blank card. That pleb. Wow. Wow. Well, you that got a eight. card, so that, that, that you're, you're, you're <laughs> doing better true. than you're doing better than you're doing better than people that live in this house. I'll tell <laughs> you that. Better than most. <laughs> needs to grow. Your man, a man out. Your man needs to grovel like. Uh, but you know something? Living in Thailand was so easy with your woman. Like literally, this was the crack, right? Like Valentine's, I would just like spend like two grand on flowers, gone for dinner. That was custy. Right. Uh, I mean, when we got married, obviously we had to celebrate the anniversary, as you do. But a birthday, and, and this might sound bad, I don't know. A birthday is the twenty first of December, so you know what's coming next, don't you? Yeah. You All y'all women in the room combined her birthday. Split, split <laughs> the difference. You split the difference. Yep. Your mom. Your mom. Once you turn 21, you don't get like separate birthday and Christmas if your birthday is in December. Weird. You know what though? She was fine. Weird. The blackmail and corruption worked to a T. Like literally, this was the yearly agreement. It was just like the latest iPhone. Like literally, like that was it. Like it, the iPhone normally comes out what end of September or something. There's always problems. So there's an update by like December or whatever. It's like, Hey, just wait a little bit for the new iPhone, you know. That was it. it that's fine. What was that, like 36,000 baht or something? Uh, what are they, 1,200 bucks or something? What's an iPhone? I don't know. I pay for that many. I give up. I don't fucking care anymore. My wife's birthday is in December. I always uh, send her a picture in December of, like, two uh, – it's like a black bear and a white bear, and they're, like, fusing together, and then they look like a panda, and it says, one Christmas present. <laughs> one present. It's like – Christmas present, birthday present, and it's like one present. <laughs> I bet you, wait, when's our birthday, though? Like 2nd of December or something? <laughs> no, it's like uh, the 14th. I'm taking the piss, dude. <laughs> like, literally, like, imagine, though, like 2nd of December, like, oh, it's it's December, it's too close to Christmas. Dude, I think the 21st, wait, I think that's quite close, or I think that's in the margin of error. I do. What do you think, Amanda? With Chris, he's on the foot, on the foot, or oh, thumbs down. Thumbs down. Oh, thumbs down. Thumbs down. He's on- I, I'm the wrong person to ask because my birthday's in August, like the end of August, and I start celebrating like the second August hits the calendar. My husband's like, "Oh God, she's not only does she have her birthday, but she has a birthday month, which I think is fine. I've always been like that. He's the one that has to get used to it." I mean, I don't know. Slinks, don't you dare give me a thumbs down. Defied freaking Joe. She wants fucking cards. She wants her own month, like like no, Black History Month, I, but Amanda Month. I don't want him to celebrate. I, have a- I personally celebrate the whole month for myself. Like, I do it. I don't expect him to do it, but I do expect a card with some words in it. It's going to go through the uh, card. 
The card is the minimum, and the words, the words should flow. The word, uh, like it should be some Romeo and Juliet shit. I mean, this fucking dude wants to get some Shakespeare in that card. I mean, I like you, his stubble. Don't you buy cards that already? <laughs> the cards already have words in them. You buy the cards that have the words in them. They they cost the same as the blank cards. <laughs> the blank inside. Jordan. <laughs> No, I thought you were an educator. I thought you were like an I thought you were worked in academia. I thought you were like the guy that could prose. You like knock out prose for fucking days about your woman. You oh yeah, have you, have you heard oh, me? Have you heard me host spaces? Joe, she's had two of your kids through a Jack and Danny. I mean, come on, <laughs> like if you can't give your woman respect, like for Jack. A, fa- a fanny? Oh. That's what we call it in English, you know. Fanny. Jack and Danny. Like, there's that two kids out there, Jack and Danny, uh, you know. <laughs> out your mother, you wanna, I don't know. What, whatever you ladies call it these days, like, uh, I don't know. Do you, <laughs> oh, do you want me to give you the medical term? I mean, no. if I was Sefi, I'd be like, oh, you know, <laughs> you're not getting that from me. Anyway, no, Joe, come on. Come on, Joe, you can do better than that, Joe. Your woman's born two kids. Your flesh and your blood, they're running around in front of you. You, 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 You're milking. Joe, you're milking your woman's existence, man. Surely you can knock it out for a birthday or something. You can pull pull the stops out, Joe. It's too close. Too close to Christmas. Too close to Christmas. Wow. Wow. The big statement, that. Uh, Slinks? Slinks? I just saw you there, Doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if Amir's still listening, but Amir, are you there? I have a question for you. <laughs> I don't know. Is he gone? <laughs> no. Let's get Amir in. Pleb, are you there? Pleb, Bill. He loves it, doesn't he? Amir loves the crack. No, he's not there. What's up, Bear Slings? I'm going oh, to bed, I just please. met um, this guy. Named- okay, so I'm just going to say this now. But I have been trolling around the Ute Discord, and there are definitely racks in there. Okay, uh, I know of four that are in there. Oh no, don't, including myself. So fuck you, Joe. Um. Anyway, so I also found this guy named Trendy, and he's part of whatever Amir's profile picture is. The, the WC- socks. Huh? I can't see Amir in here. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was part three of a several multi-part Rack FM number sixteen, recorded on Wednesday, December twenty-eighth, two thousand twenty-two. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate. When I'm ripping and rapping, I ain't picking the bastards who be tricking the masses into getting their asses kicked. Feels like I've been getting my masters. Fuck a pump and double like the income that's passive. Raise up the bar before I fly right past it. I'll be writing rhymes till they put me in a casket. Old man shit, put the lotion on its skin. Then put that 
shit back in the damn basket like Buffalo Bill. The way I'm ruffling feathers, snuffing out debt, cut the heads off collectors. Keep a couple heads in a jar as keepsakes, and take the rest and turn them into freebate. Upgrade the feeling, supply the free base. Looking all professional, tools in the briefcase, running on empty from gassing up my teammates. First one down, let me know how that sleep tastes. Impossible, defending the plausible from end to demonstrable. The mission isn't even worried about the clearance. Running interference till our enemies fear us. We're only one disappearance away from a bad day. Everybody trying to save face on the last day. Feeling fancy, about to pull out the mass. Eh? Drop the eight ball in passing, that's so passe. I'm getting nasty, you cannot put it past me. A mix between blasphemy and tuck everlasting. Feeling like a masterpiece, looking like a tragedy. Trying to get through another day full of savagery. Getting headstrong from working in the mess hall, all hands on deck waiting for our next haul, I need the rest, got big plans to eject, so feed the grass and keep off the Kleenex. I am interested in magic because I am fascinated with psychology, I love to learn about how people make inferences now, how they draw conclusions, find patterns and information, and in particular, I'm interested in all that can go wrong. How an individual can be led astray by certain cognitive vulnerabilities or exploited.